This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 12, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. As the Affordable Care Act goes back to the Supreme Court, rejecting Obamacare's Medicaid expansion is arguably the best way for individual states to curb the president's health care law. Christy Herrera is a senior fellow at the Foundation for Government Accountability. She's disappointed with just how many Republican governors have gone along with expanding Medicaid. Since the Affordable Care Act was upheld in large part by the U.S. Supreme Court, what have states done uh, in response with respect specifically to expanding Medicaid? Well, we've seen a little more than half of the states accept the Obamacare Medicaid expansion and a little less than half reject it. Now, you might say, well, this fight is over because if 26 states do it, then you know this fight is done. Not true at all. So about half of the potential enrollees for the Medicaid expansion live in non-expansion states and half live in expansion states. So this is still very much alive. Now, one of the issues with uh, Medicaid expansion was the degree to which the federal government, that is to say all U.S. taxpayers, would be supporting the newly eligible uh, people who are, could could now take advantage of Medicaid who had not previously, and how much of the bill would then be left to states, those people who were already eligible but not taking advantage of the program. So can you break that down a little bit? Sure. So part of the sales pitch from President Obama was the fact that the federal government would pay for 100 percent of the Medicaid expansion cost initially, making it, quote unquote, free for states. Uh, now, obviously, um, states have had a long history of the federal government tinkering with federal funds. Um, we've seen this with special education, um, with the Build America bonds um, that were uh, authorized by the stimulus. We've also seen this with Medicaid money itself. You might remember that uh, a couple of years ago, the federal government gave states a little bump in their Medicaid dollars and then quickly took it away. So um, if states are depending on the federal government to really come through with their funding promises, they're going to be disappointed. And I can point to a few tribes that have made also made deals with the federal government in the past that uh, didn't quite work out. So uh, with respect to uh, this distinction between newly eligible and people already eligible, what fraction of this long term falls to state governments to keep up? According to the Obamacare law, it's going to be 90% federal funds, 10% state funds. Now, um, there are administrative costs that aren't a part of that 90-10 calculation. And you also have to consider what happens when you put 16 million Americans, newly eligible Americans, onto a Medicaid program. Arizona did uh, a smaller Medicaid expansion back in the year 2000. And what it ended up costing Arizona was four times what they initially projected. So you're going to see much more uh, cost for Medicaid expansion as a whole. And as the federal government runs out of money, you're going to see a lot more cost shifting onto the states. And Medicaid has long been what has, is called a partnership, but that's not really very accurate between states and the feds. But just by virtue of the fact that there is federal involvement and a federal match associated with uh, money spent by the state on Medicaid, it tends to pervert 
state priorities when it comes to spending money. It does. And it's so funny because both Republicans and Democrats agree that something needs to be done about the way Medicaid is funded. Um, in two of the last four budgets uh, put forth by President Obama, he said uh, that states should stop gaming the system to try to pull down more federal dollars. He uh, proposed what's called a blended rate, which gets rid of that 90-10 promise and said, OK, if you want to expand Medicaid, we'll just pay you whatever you're getting now. If Barack Obama and Paul Ryan both agree that the Medicaid funding scheme needs to be fixed, then states shouldn't count on it at all. As a path toward eliminating federal involvement in uh, health care, what would be step one, step two? Uh, with respect to reforming Medicaid? Well, the first thing is to stop the bleeding and reject the Medicaid expansion. Um, we've seen time after time in states that have accepted the Medicaid expansion, they're running out of money and fast. So what they do is they end up cutting from the people who Medicaid was designed to help, the disabled, low-income kids, the, the uh, poor elderly. We've seen states time and time again um, put these non-disabled, childless adults of working age, that is the Obamacare Medicaid population, this is not a sympathetic crowd. We've seen state lawmakers put them first because they bring in more federal dollars and put low-income kids, the elderly, the disabled, to the back of the line. So the first thing is to reject the Medicaid expansion for t taxpayers who fund the program and for patients who are on it. So why do those people bring in more money for Medicaid? Is that they're not consuming as much? No, it's because of the way the federal match works. So right now, across the board, the federal government pays 57 cents out of every dollar that a state spends on a traditional Medicaid patient, so the disabled, the elderly, low-income kids. For the Obamacare Medicaid expansion population, they pay 100 cents on the dollar for them and then 95 cents on the dollar, and it goes down to 90 cents on the dollar in 2020 and beyond or until they run out of money. So when you think about it, Medicaid is the single largest line item in state budgets, and when states have to cut funds, where are they going to cut from? The people who bring in 57 cents on the dollar or the cash cows who bring in 100 cents on the dollar. The choice is clear that what we call Obamacare's new Medicaid math really puts the truly needy at risk. Arizona is a great example of this. Um, when Arizona's Medicaid expansion ran out of money, Governor Jan Brewer decided to stop covering in Medicaid heart, lung, liver, and bone marrow transplants solely on the basis of cost. After Arkansas uh, enacted its Medicaid expansion, they stopped giving cystic fibrosis patients the treatments that they needed within the Medicaid program solely on the basis of cost. So yes, there are very perverse incentives that have very real consequences. For libertarians, uh, and I suspect for a lot of conservative Republicans, it has been uh, very disappointing to watch Republican governors embrace uh, this massive federal subsidy, of course, comes with a lot of mandates, but uh, embrace a Medicaid expansion and then try to explain why it's okay. Yeah, there have been um, several really surprising um, examples of that. The most surprising being Indiana Governor Mike Pence, who, uh, after railing against Obamacare when he was in Congress, decides to embrace it while governor of Indiana. Um, when he unveiled his plan, he said he was following the Reagan vision 
by uh, expanding Medicaid in this way. Uh, you know, my favorite Reagan quote is, we should measure welfare success by how many people leave the program, not by how many are added. I think we'll see with... Um, with Mike Pence and Ohio Governor John Kasich and other 2016 hopefuls that primary voters in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina aren't going to be too pleased when they find that they've expanded the welfare state as much as they have. Um, just because you call yourself a free marketeer doesn't make all of your policies that just uh, magically. So uh, Mike Pence and, and his, his red state Medicaid expansion friends will have a rude awakening, I think, um, next election cycle. You said step one is to reject the Medicaid expansion, but also what's step two for reforming Medicaid? It would seem to me that just capping the amount of money that the federal government provides so you're not uh, quite perverting the incentives of state level at the state level or something similar. Well, I think the broader question is why don't people have healthcare coverage, and that was the question that Obamacare tried to answer. Um, when you look at the demographics of the Medicaid expansion population, out of every 10 people Obamacare signs up for Medicaid expansion, eight of them are non-disabled, childless adults of working age who, if they worked a full-time minimum wage job, would make too much to qualify for Medicaid. That is a jobs problem. That's an, that's an economy problem. That's not a Medicaid problem. And the best thing to do for those people is to get them working again. Because we've seen uh, study after study, the National Bureau of Economic Research and others say that when you expand Medicaid, you discourage employment and you discourage work. If we really want uh, jobs for these folks, the worst thing to do is to expand Medicaid. Christy Herrera is a senior fellow at the Foundation for Government Accountability. Find out more about how to fix American health care at our website, cato.org.